and we are back another week in another week of the crew and the stude. Jack is in the house, Kyle is also, and so am I, your host, Brandon. Now, the first shout-out this week is going to be to Major League Baseball for their rule changes. Jack, let's hear the scoop. Yeah, Major League Baseball, a lot of rule changes this week. Two big ones, though. First off, the three-batter rule. Any relief pitcher that comes in has to face at least three batters starting in 2020. Hmm. And the new home run derby prize, a nice fat check of $1 million. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think if the prize was a million dollars the entire time who wouldn't want to do it Aaron Judge would be in there again you know but Aaron Judge did say that the million dollar prize doesn't mean a thing to him which I support him for that I don't know about you guys I definitely support him for that Kyle and the reason why is Aaron Judge he did the home run derby he won it he proved that he he could hit the ball pretty far I think that's a fair statement also when he came back it, it affected his swing. He was not the same hitter second half of the year, and it happens to a lot of guys. So I think that he values probably the team's success and probably the payday he's going to get by the success he has uh, a little more than a $1 million payout. Jack, what do you think? Yeah, Judge basically came out and admitted his shoulder injury was from the home run derby, yeah. which is a big hmm. deal. If I'm the MLB, the one guy who you would have thought would have taken advantage of this was Aaron Judge, who's not making the big bucks right now. Granted, down the line, he will. A million dollars to a guy like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado with the deals that they just signed, that is nothing. Judge is the one guy making no money who's a big show. So if I'm the MLB and I hear that it doesn't even entice him to want to come back, I'm a little worried that it's not going to do much. Honestly, kudos to the MLB, though, for uh, not being cheap about this. Like, that's that's a cool thing for the players. It's going to incentivize some guys. But honestly, I never thought that getting big names in the Homer Derby was that big of an issue. I always felt like the heavy hitters were already there. I would honestly say that this is more of an issue for the NBA with the slam dunk contest. And so I think you are going to see other leagues like the NBA pattern themselves after what MLB is doing right now and try to incentivize the players more to put on a better show for the fans. No, I definitely agree. And I feel like since the dunk contest had a few, like, you know, like six years or so where they were completely trash, like, there's definitely yeah. an instance where that could happen mm-hmm. for sure. All right, so now uh, let's let's look at the other rule that uh, Jack brought up, which is three batters per relievers. What, what are your guys' thoughts, your initial reaction to hearing a rule that honestly – I believe is going to have a huge effect on baseball in general. Oh, this is going to have a huge effect. And it, it basically gets rid of lefty relievers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Teams, Georgia already did this a lot, tried to alternate between righty, lefty, righty, lefty. So yeah. teams couldn't come in and use a lefty pitcher for multiple batters. Now, if you're a lefty pitcher, he better be dominant and he better be able to pitch against batters on the right side. There's no more situations like Greg Bird versus Andrew Miller in the playoffs where Greg Bird got a little lucky and put it onto the second porch. But Andrew Miller, he's one of the few lefty studs in the league who can pitch to more than batters who are just lefty. A guy like Chasen Shreve, kiss Eddie contract <laughs> goodbye. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, it surprises me, honestly, that the MLB went to such an extreme rule because I honestly didn't think that this was probably the best way to slow down the game. Um, I think that 
there's going to be a lot more offense. If a pitcher's not on, maybe he's going to walk more guys. That's going to slow down the game. I think a pitch clock probably made a little bit more sense just speed-wise. But the thing is, Yankees fans, don't fret. This is, this is our biggest strength. Our strength is relief pitching, and that's where it's going to affect it the most because you don't have a starter, really, that's going out and just pitching uh, less than three batters. If you do, you have a problem. Uh, it's going to affect the relief pitching, and the reason why I think it help, it's going to help the Yankees that much is that our biggest strength, relief pitching. Boston's biggest weakness, relief pitching. No, 100%. I feel like as if I was a fan, like how many good – how many teams out there have really good bullpens? I feel like you can count them on your hands, you know? Yeah. And, like, this is definitely going to force all those other teams to bolster their bullpen, and the Yankees were already ahead of the game. with. And like Brandon mentioned, you could have pitchers come in and walk two or three guys. The one area that this could hurt the Yankees, looking at the last two years, is guys like Chapman and Batances. Those guys throw to two batters, yeah. and you know if they're on or off. And if Chapman or Batances is not on and they have to face three batters, that could mean three guys on base by the time you get another bullpen reliever in. Jack, you're honestly so right about that. Chapman and Batances are either fire or it's a really, really scary thing to watch as a Yankees fan. And this is going to have my stomach in a... A knot. In a knot. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> it's going to have my stomach in a knot and it's going to make me feel like, okay... Chapman, you could tell with his first three pitches, honestly, if he's going to be on or not, because they don't miss the strike zone by an inch. They miss it by the, they hit the backstop. Yeah, literally. everyone's seen that when, when uh, uh, Sanchez got the ball and threw him out at third base. That was when Chapman's not on. That's where his pitches are going. So I'm, I'm gonna shift a little bit now. I'm gonna talk about a guy you just brought up, Don Batances. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but he's starting to worry the Yankees. His fastball. Is down to 90 to 92 miles per hour. For a guy that's so dependent on his fastball, this is going to be an issue. I disagree. I think Batances, his his velocity was down in that game the other day, but his location was on and his breaking ball was on. And he has a dirty breaking ball. If he can control it and locate it, it's good. He struck out Harper in that game, throwing 90 to 92 mile an hour fastballs. He struck out who's a guy who's supposed to be one of the best hitters from the left side of the plate, mm -hmm. and his fastball was 92. The fact that he could do that. Harper strikes out a lot, break. though. He, he strikes out a lot. I yeah. think he's being overhyped a lot. Like I, I saw but he that struck there was, out on a fastball. Okay, but there was a like a highlight. There was like an ESPN highlight. Like I saw it on my Instagram feed that Paxton struck out Harper. Like I'm sorry, guys. Baseball players only get on base three. If you 30, get on base 30, three out of ten times, 30, 30, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. So I don't understand why that was a highlight. Love you, Paxton. Shout out to you. But I, I don't understand why that made my feet. But going back to what you said, Jack, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. And the reason why is because the guy that's supposed to have all of his faith in his players, Aaron Boone, admitted to being a little worried. Quotation marks. That doesn't... That, uh, I, don't, I don't feel good about that. And the thing is, he's a huge guy. Batters are always intimidated when they walk up against him or Chapman because they are a specimen on the mound. And if you don't have the heat to back that up, uh, T-ball, 
those balls are going pretty far. Well, here, I'll say this. I, I would say it's okay to be somewhat worried, you know, like you're, when your velocity, when you're normally like a 96, 97 fastball guy and you go down to 90, 92, there should be some worry in there. But it is a long season, and I think it's going to help Batances knowing that there's not a, as much pressure on his shoulders. When you add guys like Ottavino and, you know, our bullpen is fully healthy, there's not a lot of weight on Batanz's shoulders. Yeah, you're going to get a whole bunch of playing time, but, you know, I don't think there's a lot of stress. And since the season's so long, you really don't have to. Like, he can – he can he, he started off slow in the past, but, you know, he, he always comes back when it's time. Yeah, yeah. Now, another bit of information that uh, we just got that uh, today the Yankees have offered – G- Gio Gonzalez, a contract, your guy, a contract. Uh, tune into any episode of the year, and I, Brian Cashman, I know you're listening. I know you're listening because you finally listened to me. Gio Gonzalez is the answer for the New York Yankees. Thank you. Gio Gonzalez will not be coming to the New York Yankees. I I saw that they were not optimistic about the deals, and you know you know why. They're offering him something around $5 million for oh, one yeah. year. This oh, guy wants yeah. two years. We're not giving him two. And honestly, I I, th- I say that he's the answer, but he's not worth two years. He's not. I, I, I'm cool with him at one year, and you could give him something like eight mil, nine mil, but two years is a lot for a guy that's he's past his prime, obviously. But I think that if you can get him for one year, he's the perfect answer because he's dependable. They were only willing. They're only willing to give this guy. I'm gonna guess Lance Lynn type money. That's pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> they're giving him chump change. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. The guy had a down year last year. Like he pitched well at the end of the season, but overall for the year, it wasn't great. And you're gonna get, you're gonna get Severino back at some point. You're gonna get Cece back at some point. But it's Severino, like. Mm-hmm. Gio Gonzalez, maybe to fill in for CeCe, but don't pay a guy. Stick to the guys in your bullpen. Yeah, but I feel like this isn't even pay. Oh, okay, so yeah, you're, you're agreeing with my point. I, I think we're on the exact same page that don't pay a guy. Uh, there's no guys out there that are worth being paid. And if you got to pay a guy, pay a guy chump change. And if they don't bite, then look into your own organization for uh, young guys like, I don't know, Herman or whoever. So speaking of MLB rule changes, now obviously this isn't official yet, and I bet a lot of people are, haven't heard of this, but Jeff Samarza, pitcher for the Giants, former Cub, great. He suggested that, and this goes back to the you know, like pace of game and, and length of games and things like that. Mm-hmm. He suggested that the MLB adopt what the English Premier League and other soccer leagues are doing. And this goes back to, you know, like extra innings. He wants the MLB to adopt a Premier League style f- um, scoring, which would mean no extra innings until the playoffs. Premier League style playing, for those who don't know, a win is three points. A draw, which would happen if there's no extra innings, is one point, And a loss is zero points. So I think he what he's proposing is starting off at no extra innings and just including draws in the win and loss column and then maybe points, but he just wanted specifically um, no extra innings. What are your guys' thoughts? I think that's incredibly interesting. I think it's, it's very interesting, but the thing is, pace of play, I don't think that's what everyone is complaining about. I think it's between plays, how long it takes. I think they want more bang, bang. I think that's just what the people want to see. They, they see the NBA. They see fast play with that. 
no person ever, except maybe your sister, has complained about free baseball. No one's ever complained about 10th inning, 11th inning. That's when it gets exciting. That's where I get on my edge of my seat, and I'm like, okay, this game could be over any second. It's like golden goal of FIFA. It's awesome. Exactly. Eight, the first seven innings of any baseball game, I'd rather watch 13 innings of extra inning baseball than yeah. five innings of normal baseball. That is so true. Extra <laughs> innings, that is the best baseball, the most edge your seat, like Brandon is saying, that you will watch until October. Mm-hmm. You will not watch better baseball. But one thing, like, there are MLB games that go 14, 15, 16, 17, all the time. And you see the, let's say it's a night game that starts at yeah. 7, and the game goes until, like, midnight. Like, these fans are they're gone, you know, they're falling asleep. Like, I think that if you set a cap to, you know, like, nine, nine innings, one position players wouldn't pitch, and honestly, like, who wants to see position players pitch? Obviously, it's funny, but, like, you get to rest more arms, you know? Like, these people aren't, like, these people have to play or pitch all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you also, it makes, I'm not, I don't want to say people don't try in the other innings, but people are going to try that much harder the seventh, the eighth, and ninth inning if they know that they don't want to draw. So, to some people, especially a team like the Yankees and, like, Red Sox contenders, a draw is a loss. And it really hurts, and it really stings. So, Kyle, do you think that this is a better thing for the fan experience, though? For the fan experience, I would say no. But at the end of the day, the MLB, the NFL is the worst organization with player relations. The NBA is the best. Right now, MLB is in the middle ground. And at the end of the day, I think you have to take care of the players. So going back to what Aaron Judge said about the home run derby, like the NBA gets a genuinely a real week off from all basketball activity. Baseball, they get a week, but if you're in the home run derby and if you're in the all-star game, you're really getting three days and then you're playing again that, that Tuesday. So you're not really getting a week off. And I feel like, like Aaron Judge said, more people would be enticed to do that if you get a week off. At, and bringing back, that back to this point is that you got to take care of the players first. And, you know, fan experience can – there's other ways to boost fan experience, like mic the players and things like that. But that's another point. Of the nearly 2,500 MLB games played last summer, 185 went to extra innings. That's 7% of games. Yeah. Extra innings should be the least of the MLB's yeah. worries. 7% of games, that's, like I just said, that's the most thrilling baseball. Yeah. And you said some of these games go 15, 16 innings. 122 of those 185 games ended within 11 innings. Only 8 lasted longer than 15 innings. Mm-hmm. If they're trying to change pace of play and get people reinterested, this is the last place to look because it's the most interesting part of baseball Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't happen often enough for there to be a change like this Mm -hmm. yeah no i completely agree with you jack so also like you know spring training's about to end thank god we can finally get to some baseball games that matter let's go russell wilson comes every year yeah what do you guys think about russell wilson he played a little bit last year but you know he's kind of just hanging around the clubhouse you know he just wants a little bit of clout on his instagram what do you guys think i think you hit the nail on the coffin, whatever the phrase is right there. I think just wants that, a little bit of clout. Yeah, I think he wants a little bit of clout. I think he 
I mean, can you blame a guy for wanting to put on the pinstripes? I can't blame him there. Can't. But at the same time, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? Uh, you're wasting my time. You're wasting Aaron Boone's time. And you're taking up a spot for a guy that genuinely, this is his profession. You're doing this as a hobby. You're doing this for fun, and you're doing it for Instagram pics. Like, it's, you're taking away a kid's dream. Someone would love to be in that. I would love to be in that position. Okay, I don't have the talent, but somebody that's on the bubble that obviously is probably more talented than Russell Wilson at baseball. It's not like he's also Bo Jackson out there where he he can rake. It's not like that. He's just he's an unproven baseball player that is doing this just for fun. And it it honestly pisses me off a little bit. He came to the team on the wrong side of New York. We are not the Mets. And I mean this with no disrespect yeah. to Tim Tebow, who, who's had a Great solid guy. minor league career. We don't need this publicity mm-hmm. in pinstripes. We got enough. We got enough. Yeah. We're good enough. We don't need this kind of this kind of crap. Yeah. And Russell Wilson, I love Russell Wilson. Wisconsin Badger fan. He led them deep. But <laughs> yeah. Love Russell Wilson. Okay. Yeah. He's a great guy. So I, it's not that I don't like him, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Why are we wasting our time with this guy who's doing it as a hobby, yeah, and not as his profession? And back to your point, like there's a um, he. I know he. I don't know if he's a third baseman, but he played third base for the Yankees like a couple games ago. His name's Urshela. That's his last name. Colombian dude. Okay. So, Shut like, up, if I'm Urshela, right? Yeah. Or Urshela, whatever. And like, he's probably gonna go double A or triple A. But like, if I'm on the bubble between double A and triple A, and my performances matter. Yeah. And I saw Russell Wilson <laughs> exactly. taking my yep. lineups. <sighs> if he took my lineup spot, I'd probably I'd probably bust a cap in his ass. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So going off that a little bit, I'm gonna switch gears. And I'll admit it, guys. I'll admit it on air. I'm friends with the Mets fan. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, I'll admit it. But and make kinda, a wish? He, huh? No, no, no. He's he's a good guy, but uh, I'll. He kind of had a good point. So uh, let me know uh, let, let me know what you guys think about this. He said that the Yankees game with Tanaka on the mound versus Alex Cobb of the Orioles is going to be nationally televised while the Mets versus the Nats game with DeGrom and Scherzer is not. What do you guys think about that? Does does he have a point? Okay, we're talking about four teams right now. Yeah. Three of them suck. One of them is the Yankees. But two of them have the <laughs> two best the two best pitchers in the league. Mm-hmm. Really big baseball fans would rather watch Scherzer and DeGrom mm. instead of watching a team who will easily be top three in the league versus the worst team in baseball last yeah. year. I think he does have a point. But at the same time, neither of those teams have offenses. And nobody wants to watch the first yeah. game of a long season be a pitcher's duel with no offense. Yeah, I think I think he's got a point to some extent. I'll I'll say he's got some he's got some point, but the thing is, this isn't exactly a New York Knicks situation where okay, New York is public pub is uh, on air, uh, nationally televised for the first game. It's not like the team sucks. This team is the marquee team of the league. I'd say it's the face of the league. And everybody around the world knows the New York Yankees. So, to say that people wouldn't want to watch the first game of the Yankees season is stupid and ignorant. But 
I think he does have a point where you see with the NBA, they have a lot of marquee matchups, and I tune into the Warriors and the Rockets. I, I, I watch those games because those are awesome games where guys are going head-to-head, but I do think Jack has a point with no one wants to watch a pitcher's duel, so it's, it's a tough thing, and it's there's no great comparison, but if I had to compare it, I would say that's kind of like an NBA situation, and... He's got a little bit of a point. What I, something I would compare that to is like let's it, it's March Madness season. Let's talk about college basketball. Okay, okay. Let's say Virginia. Last year, Virginia faces West Virginia. Those are the t- top five defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. The final score is probably going to be forty-eight fifty-one. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to see that. People applaud the defense. People applaud like the like defense is very important in basketball. People but respect it. People respect the hell out of it, mm-hmm. but. If there's no offense, who wants to see that? People yeah. want to see their Duke UNC. I grew up or people in- would want to see Duke versus, like, UMass basketball or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep going off this analogy here. I grew up in Connecticut, so I was a UConn Husky fan. The year that we won with Kemba Walker, it was a Cinderella story. Yeah. And everyone loves a Cinderella story, except when it's two Cinderellas. UConn <laughs> had to beat Kentucky in yeah. the Final Four, and that was the hypest game I had watched that year, minus... Awesome. Cardiac Kemba crossing Cardiac up McGee Kemba. versus Pittsburgh. Yeah. But then we played Butler. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, two Cinderella stories. And that was the most boring basketball game I've ever watched in my entire life. Nobody wants to watch two of the worst teams, even though they have two of the most iconic pictures of this generation. I think those are perfect analogies, boys. And honestly, I, those are perfect. So I, I'm just going to move on to a different subject. And I'm going to talk about, yeah, we don't have to spend that much time on this because God knows I'm done with spring training talk. I, I'm done with it. We've had too many shows about it, but just going to quickly say Esteban Floral broke his wrist, same wrist he had problems with last year, needs surgery. It's worth noting he's our number one prospect. Does this change how you guys think of him as a future asset or, or, or a future part of the team or a trading asset? Esteban Floral was raking. And he needs to be a future part of this team. The guy can steal bases. A big thing that we talked about last week was having no one who can steal bases right now. And he can steal bases. And with Stanton and Judge being more sluggers, Gardner will be gone. Hicks gets injured quite a bit. We don't have any speedy guys. Like He needs to stay in this system more than Clint Frazier does. So, I mean, before I answer this... Did he break his wrist? Is that official? He did break his wrist. He the broke his wrist. The, the X-rays came back. Yeah. They were positive. Jeez. Well, here, I'll say this. I haven't been able to watch too many spring training games. I'll say half. Yeah. The one game I did get to see this break was the – literally, I saw him break his wrist. Really? He was in the outfield. It, yeah. So, th- this is in one inning. Mm-hmm. Or either back-to-back innings or one inning. He's, he's playing center field. Pop-up to center field should be a routine fly ball. Like, the sun goes past him. Either the same inning or the next inning, fly ball, about to be a homer. He literally jumps for it at the wall, and he crashes his wrist into the wall. Did he make the catch? He did not make the catch. He was on the landing, I believe. Yeah. He landed on it awkwardly. Funny landing, yeah. um, And hurt himself. But he's been on. No, no, definitely. There's, and no, like, there's well, no question about his talent. He, and he's hitting over 350. He's been on base over 425. Did you guys hear like, the comparisons? No. no. They call him a young Bernie Williams. Bernie, Bernie, baby, yeah, Bernie, 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 Bernie. Bernie. To your point, 
Yes. No, it does not trade. It does not change anything. He is in our okay. plans. Like, you know, Gardner's going to be gone soon. I agree. Like, he's more important than Frazier because really? Clint's batting, what, 160s? This is a chance to show out he hasn't shown out. All right. I, going off, kind of a little doubleheader here. End of spring training and injuries. Yes. We've talked about the opening day lineup a lot, and it, it's switched a lot, and we've talked about battles. Mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks getting injured has opened up a situation for me that I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Mm -hmm. Basically, with Hicks getting injured, I think you look at a lineup on opening day now where Judge, Stanton, Brett Gardner are on the outfield, and Duhar, Torres, Tulo, and Voigt are the infield, and Sanchez behind the plate. Who is your DH? You don't necessarily need to put Stanton at DH and bring Frazier up. You yeah. got the options of Frazier, LeMayhew, or even Greg Bird, who's been having a hell of a spring for that first series. Greg Bird. I would personally give Greg Bird that mm. opportunity for three games because Voight has won the spot. See what Bird can do in the majors because, like you said yeah. last episode, he always rakes in the spring. What can he do for three games in the actual season? Yeah. Did you say Greg Bird? <laughs> I did say Greg Bird. All right, yeah, anyone that's ever listened to one of these podcasts knows I'm not a Greg Bird guy by any means. Um, yeah, I, I'm steering clear of Greg Bird. He's, he's flying south uh, for the winter, but for the spring. He is going to stay in Tampa. He's going to stay wherever. <laughs> he's not migrating. AAA, wherever we, we're at. Yeah, he's, he's not migrating. That's all I got to say. I am looking more, and it's interesting. I really love the thought of um, having those three big guys in the outfield, have or having the two guys in the outfield with Gardner, because um, Stan still he can still field, um, and people forget that. But I think that yeah, I'm kind of split right now, and the two people I'm thinking of are uh, DJ Lemayhu and Frazier. And Frazier, if I'm if I'm bringing in Frazier, I'm putting him in left field, or I'm putting him in right field, and I'm having Gardner be center, and I'm still having Stanton be DH. So I, I think I, I would start with Frazier, and you could honestly just change that back and forth with DJ LeMahieu because he's got to get swings. I feel like with this situation, I personally, I agree with Jack, I would put Greg Bird in as DH because... You know, Hicks is gone, and obviously you're going to have to have a backup outfielder, which at this point would be Clint Frazier, yeah. for, at least for that first series. So, like, yeah, it's just like Game of Thrones. You have the Battle of the Bastards. This is the Battle of the, the First Basement. <laughs> that was not a good analogy at all. But for that first series, mm-hmm. why not have them go basically head-to-head? Okay. Yeah, you're both raking in spring training. Like, this game matters. Let's see what you can do. So can we finally put the argument to rest that you guys tried to bring back last podcast saying that Greg Bird has a chance at first base? Is it over? Is it no, over? he has a chance. It's is not it over. over. I, I say, look, I look, say look, it's completely over. Let, let, me, let, let me speak about this. I say it's completely over because of Aaron Boone making comments <laughs> saying that Luke Voigt will be hitting possibly clean up this season, but he's going to be somewhere between third and sixth in the lineup. If he's already making those comments, you don't think he's got him in his mind over Bird? He's saying the other stuff because he, don't, <sighs> stop, stop. he doesn't want to mm. discourage So him. I heard that too, and I was like, no, it doesn't mean this. Over. And then there was a report from my boy Brian Hoke. Mm. 
Aaron Boone wore a Luke Voigt t-shirt to the clubhouse. If I'm Greg, That's a savage move. If I'm Greg Bird and I literally am I fighting that, for actually. this first baseman spot and I see my manager wearing a Luke Voigt <laughs> t-shirt, That's awesome. How, why would I even why would I even play anymore? What's the point? You're 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 already done. Yeah. I think we all knew Luke Voigt was going to get this spot. My argument here is Greg Bird has made a name for himself to be one of the three guys that we talked about sitting on the bench. At, because we talked about this in the first podcast, and we all laughed at the idea of Greg Bird even being considered for one of those three spots. Yeah. I say you give him the chance to be one of those three spots because we mentioned Clint Frazier, we mentioned DJ LeMahieu, and then obviously Austin Romine is getting that third spot. We ignored Greg Bird completely. And the thing is, with Stan being a DH, we already have the luxury of having four outfielders. So Greg Bird could make a case for himself to have a second first baseman instead of a fifth outfielder. And that's why I think you give him the three games. The three games of this series to have a chance. And Clint Frazier's going to get his time. He's going to get his time. He already has. Greg Bird hasn't. He's been so injured. So one of the final points I want to bring up is uh, I haven't told you guys this, but, you know, Bet Online Sportsbook, they already have a lot of, you know, Yankees odds now. So the Yankees right now, in terms of World Series favorite, Yankees are the favorite. Then you got the Red Sox and Astros tied. Mm -hmm. Yankees are the favorite for the AL East. Mm -hmm. Fine. For most home runs, Stanton is the favorite in the entire league. Judge is in fourth. Who's wait? Who's who's ahead of Judge? Do you know? Who's ahead of Judge? Um, I have. I'll, I can double check that right okay. now. I believe it's JD. That's and, fair. Um, Maybe. I can't. I'll look it up right now. Okay. Now, for over under of each team's wins, bet online. Vegas has the Yankees at ninety six and a half. Yeah. What do you? Are you over or are you under? 96 and a half. Well, I'm definitely over. Um, I think that Vegas, well, I'm over. It's as simple as this. We got better. We got better. We no longer have a first-year manager. That's a big thing. We got a better bullpen. We got better starters. We have Jay Hab for the whole year. There's no question about it. Injuries prevailing, knock on wood, this team is going to get 105 wins. Injuries prevailing. Screw the injuries. The one argument to say that we won't get 100 wins is that Severino's injured. Hicks is injured. CeCe's injured. Judge missed a chunk of time last year. Yeah. Sanchez never got in rhythm because he missed a chunk of time. Yeah. This team got better, and a lot of Amer- American League teams did not get better. Yeah. Like, I- there's no way to say that they should have less wins than last year. And one of my favorite things is... Every single Red Sox fan that comes up to me and they talk about Stanton having a down year, I'll take that as a down year. I will take that gladly. He still made an impact. He still had 100-plus RBIs. He had upper 30s home runs, and his average was mad. It was like, I don't know, like 260 or something. But everyone knows that Giancarlo Stanton is going to be back. He's going to make a huge impact. And honestly, guys, he could be the guy in New York. He could be the guy right with Judge. Obviously, I'm not going to discount Judge, but that's a that's a former MVP two years out. Let's not that's, discount that's that. That's a big statement considering the spring that Judge has had. He looks prime. Yeah, I was about to say, he's he's going to come out of the gates hottest on the Yankees. ready. Yeah. Sanchez and Stanton have kind of laid low under the radar. 
But like I said, there hasn't been a lot of change. Yeah. Especially in the AL East. Yeah. Stanton already got a year to look at him. Mm-hmm. Sanchez has had a couple years. If they can stay healthy, they've seen these pitchers. They're going to know what to do. The pitchers think that they have these guys figured out right now because they played like yeah. shit last year. Yeah, I think you also can only take such little out of spring training. I don't think you can make any assumptions completely. Just like I'm saying the Greg Bird thing. Yeah, he's hitting great. Maybe because he's doing everything right right now. But it's a small sample size. And also, spring training is a time where a lot of guys uh, experiment with different things. So we don't know what's going on. I know Judge has actually kind of changed his approach at the plate a little bit. It's working. Maybe Stanton has changed it a little bit. It's not working. He's going to go back to whatever he was doing before. So you really can't read. I'm not big into reading into spring training that much. I think it's more working out the kinks. Some people are a little more rusty than other guys. But when the season comes, Stanton's going to be ready. So to close that out, I'm I'm going under for the 96 and a half wins. You know, like not I think even though we did get better as a team overall and obviously like injuries like like judges injury was a fluke, but I just, you know, some people have to adjust and I definitely think we can I think we're going to hit 90 no matter what, but you know, I don't know if we're going to hit over 100. Okay. Another point I had for another odds was that um, they had judges' home run total, 39 and a half. Are you guys going over or are you going under? Is that for the spring training? For the whole for the year. Because ho- <laughs> he's, he's nearly on pace for that for the spring training. This guy's been going off. 39? 39 and a half. What, what's the source? What's the source? Bet online. Oh, Let me contact their people because that is ridiculous. This guy's raking. Come on. This guy's going to – I think this guy is going to hit the most home runs in baseball. I think he's going to hit the most home runs of baseball. I don't disagree with Brandon at all. This Last year, he got injured. He looked healthy. He looked strong. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. I'm not going to jinx you. 39? Every single hit he's had this spring training has been an extra base hit. The guy makes contact. It goes to the moon. At the moon and beyond. Six doubles and four, or six home runs and four doubles for his 10 hits. Stupid stats. Six stupid stats. What? He makes it look so easy. So now Stanton. 40 and a half. That's what they have him. Are you going over or under? And that they have him as the most in baseball. Stanton, they have for overall most in baseball, yes. At 40 and a half. They think this might be two different age. sources, they're but all I know ass. is they had him at 40 and a half. So there's a lot of guys in between 39 and 40 and a half is what if they're <laughs> there's one of four. Yeah. I swear they have okay, Judge. Yeah, yeah. So they, actually I maybe they adjusted the lines. They have Stan first and Judge second. Okay, that But one, um are I you like going over or under 40 and a half first? What are you going, Jan? Stanton. I'm going over. I think these guys are going to combine mm-hmm. for bold prediction. Let's hear it. You're going to hear it now. Is it 90 or 100? 98 okay. home runs. <laughs> I, was, I was seeing if he was going to go to the 100. 98 I, home runs. 98? 98. They're not going to hit 100. Oh. They're going to hit 98. Oh, okay. I'm going to one-up you on that. I think they're going to combine for 103 home runs. I oh. think it's going to be... Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle, 2.0. If those guys can do it, why not these guys? These guys are the best home run hitters in baseball, and they're the same team. They're going to push each other. Why not? And so, yes, of course I'm taking the over on 40.5. Are you kidding? No, I completely agree. And then the last one I'll mention is that the Yankees are – there literally is – that's how good the Yankees are. There's literally a bet online stat about whether or not the Yankees will break – their home run total oh, as a easy, team easy. from last year. Of course. They had 267, but the favorite is that they won't. Are you saying they will break it or are you saying they won't? 
100% they will. Giancarlo had a down year. St uh, Sanchez had a down year. Judge missed time. Aaron Judge had 27 home runs last year. He missed so much time. 27 That's ridiculous. home runs. God. I, we Okay, we need to contact Everyone else people. can have a down year, and Judge can just get back to his normal shape and yeah. we'll still match the record. Well, then I guess you guys should just put some money down, all right? I'm putting money down. I'm put yeah, money yeah, down yeah, on yeah. that. Let's get just the pocket on yeah, yeah, Don't suspend it. Yeah. <laughs> and for our end of episode, we you know... You know what you know what time it is. We we always got a draft. So for this year's or for this week's draft, we're doing, you know, it, it's fantasy baseball time. Let's do a draft yeah. of all MLB starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. I, we're all gonna draft five starting pitchers, and at the end, we want to know who had the best starting rotation. So this week, Brandon goes first. I go second. Jack goes third. We're gonna do a little snake. Brandon, who is your first pick for your starting pitcher in Major League Baseball? All right, guys. For me, this isn't that hard. Um, this guy's just been consistent. It's got to be Max Scherzer. He's he's Max Scherzer. Fair. Enough said. For me, second, first pick, Jacob DeGrom. Not hard. No explanation. Third pick, Chris Sale. Easy. Come back to my fourth pick, this guy is defying getting older, Justin Verlander. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, for me, my second pick, I think I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole. Who who was your second pick, Jack? Just just Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander. My pick is going to be Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, and it's coming right back to me, right? Right back to you. This one's kind of tough, but it's gonna be Corey Kluber. Oh, I hate Corey Kluber. You know, for uh, for my third pick, you know, I'm gonna go. Uh, let's go Blake Snell. You know, All Star Cy Young candidate. Meh. Actually, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he I'm gonna go Noah Syndergaard, second Met off the board. I like Thor. <laughs> I like Thor. Back to you. Uh, we're gonna stay in New York for this one. James Paxton. Really? Oh, that's, okay. Paxton. Interesting. Oh, so now, okay, so for my fourth pick, I'm going to go Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. maybe, maybe you guys that's, forgot that's about him, but uh, Clayton Kershaw, you ever hear him? <laughs> that's not a bad pick. Uh, and I'm actually going to say in L.A., and I'm going to go Walker Bueller. That's a good one. He's he's nice. Right he back to you. Nice. Okay, right back to me. Tough decisions, tough decisions. It's going to be... Trevor Bauer. Oh, I was actually going to pick him, too. Yep. All right, for my final pick, I think I just got to go. This is a Yankee podcast. Let's get Luis Severino in there. All right, yeah. Jack, round it out. Rounding it out. I would go with the guy that the Yankees didn't get in Patrick Corbin, but I think he's kind of overhyped. So I'm going to go with Carlos Carrasco. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. So to recap, my – Starting rotation is Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, Clayton Kershaw, and Luis Severino. Mine is Chris Sale, Justin Verlander, Noah Syndergaard, James Paxton, and Carlos Carrasco. And lastly, my starting five was Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Corey Kluber, Walker Buehler, and Trevor Bauer. So, 
let us know who you guys think are the best uh, starting five uh, for fantasy. Good luck with your drafts this week. Let us know who you're looking at. Let's let us know who your keepers are, who your sleepers are. Let us know. Tune in next week. Goodbye. A little after hours stuff here. We're back, and I was wrong. And here's Brandon to rub it in my face. I told you. Gio Gonzalez is a New York Yankee minor league contract. Let's go!